about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, take your Bibles this morning. Go to 1 Peter. Last week, if you were not here, you probably need to listen to last week's sermon online, maybe even the sermon before. We've been talking about what the devil wants to steal more than anything in this day and age, which is your identity. Say my identity. Who you really are, basically. And we're talking spiritually. We're not talking in the natural realm where there's a major fight going on right now, black, white, orange, purple, uh, whatever you want to be, basically. We're talking about who you are in the spirit, in the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, we're all one. Became, we come from the same seed. Say the same seed. And what seed did we come from? The seed was who? the Word of God and Jesus Christ. And we found out last week that every seed produces after? Oh, man, you are the sharpest bunch of people. I'm telling you, you are right on it. Yes, every seed produces after its own kind. Apple seed produces apple tree. Well, a Jesus seed produces a godly nature on the inside of you the day that you got born again. That's who you became, praise God. Isn't that good? Good. All right, First Peter chapter 1. Let me get out of Malachi here. All right, First Peter chapter 1, look at verse 23. It says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and bides for how long? So this shows you when you were born again, you were born again of a seed, a spiritual seed, and this seed was incorruptible. After its own kind, it was the Word of God or it was Christ. Once again, every seed produces after what? Its own kind. So when born again, the old seed, who you were, the Bible says, passed away or died. Say, my old man, who I was, died. Now, how many know that's good news? How many know you don't have to, like many religions teach you, die to yourself daily? Because if you do, then you can take credit for dying to yourself. But Jesus went to the cross and killed you once and for all, hallelujah. The old man who you were wiped him out, and now you're a new creation itself. And what kind are you? Well, you're after the seed himself. You're basically a water-walking, dead man-raising, devil-caster-outer, full of the power of God, new nature on the inside of you. That's who you are. Now, now, when I first got born again and I got listening to TV and I came across like the Copeland ministry and those different ministries, they were faith teaching ministries, which were very important because how many know faith is important? But after I started doing that and started teaching it in the church and started running into people, I found out I took a lot of heat because they called me a blab it and grab it and a name it and claimer. Have you ever heard of that? Because faith people speak the word of God. You know, so, so if I had symptoms in my body, I'd say, I'm healed. Well, you're, you're grabbing it, you're blabbing it and grabbing it, you're, you're naming it and claiming it. But as I studied over the years and I've gotten over the years, basically I found out that everybody is naming and claiming. Everybody is blabbing and grabbing something. And what you have in your life, it got there by your blabbing. Come on now. See, we, we want to attack the positive of it, but never look at the negative of anything. See, here, blab it and grab it. So are you. Oh, you're healed. That's right. I blabbed it and I grabbed it. How are you? Sick. You blabbed it. You grabbed it. 
Are you following me? So, so what we're doing and who we know we are. Now, I can blab and grab myself to be anointed because the Bible already says I have an anointing. Or I can blab and grab myself to be powerless. Lazy, worthless Christian. Sinner who can't do nothing for the Lord. And I'll tell you what, you'll grab it. And that's how you'll act and that's the way you'll be. And that, but I found out if I found anything in here, I can blab it and grab it. I'm simply agreeing with what God said. So when God said, I'm anointed, I said, that's good, I'm anointed. When God said, I'm blessed, and bless God, it don't look like in the natural, but I'm not reading natural things. I'm with a different seed. And praise God, I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Glory to God. It, it, people, people tell me I'm a loser. It says in here, I'm more than a conqueror in him who loves me. Praise God. So I'm going to talk that way. See, I'm not going to sow any seeds contrary to what the Bible says that I am and get in a battle of my soul trying to determine who I really am. Because how many know you are the one who basically controls what you think? See, and you can't sit there and take in negative stuff constantly and say that doesn't affect me because it does. You're just like a computer in your mind. You're being programmed. You're being this and that. So you can't listen to, to people and even Christians who believe they're losers and then get behind the pulpit and try to teach you what a loser you are. The only difference is they're a, you're a worse loser than they are, so you're there to help yourself be less of a loser. Come on. Then you've got to come back next week because you'll move up in your loser stage to loser three. Are you following me? And one day you'll get to the head loser in the church, but he never wants you to get there because if he do, there's no place for you to go. You're going to leave, so he keeps you a little bit below his losersome. Are you following me? You know what I'm saying, praise God. And that's the way it is. But notice, you're not that way. That's not what the, the word God has never called you a loser, never called you sick, never called you down and out, never called you a worrier, never called you a fearful people. As a matter of fact, it says fear is not of God. And it's certainly not of God's nature. So I want to go ahead and apprehend God's nature, which has already been given to me when I was born again, because I was born of an incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. And every seed produces after its own so if you see Jesus having a day in the Bible where it says Matthew chapter 4 and Jesus worried his little heart out that whole day and he was weeping and a crying for everything gone wrong in the world and the government and the finances and everything were just too terrible, then you can go ahead and do that. But if you can't find it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, any other book, come on, then you're apprehending something wrong, aren't you? And you're not going to get this from the world. Nobody's going to tell you you're a winner. Nobody's going to tell you in the 6 o'clock news how wonderful you are. Nobody's going to tell you that you're born again. No, they're going to tell you all bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news. So you think you're worthless, you can't do anything, I'm terrible, I can't do nothing. That's garbage, man. You've got to grab on to what God has told you to do. So when you were born in this world, you were born of a corruptible seed. How many of you know that? And the nature on the inside of you, it was not difficult for you to sin. It came naturally for you to sin. Nobody had to go to college four years to how do I sin. Sinning came natural, didn't it? It was just easy to sin. Well, now you're born again, and it's more difficult. Come on now. Before you are born again, you sinned. You didn't think anything. Everybody else is sinning around me, praise God. Are you going to heaven? Well, they're a worse sinner than I am. If he's taken every other one, I'm in. He's out. But it's not that way. Now, you're born again. There's a different nature on the inside of you that's going to fight against the things you do and say, hey, that's not you. That's not what you do. But it still doesn't mean just because you slip up that you're not a creation of God in the image and likeness of God. Are you following me? Just because you make a mistake, it does not change your identity. You just repent and you get back in your identity and you move on, don't you? That's the way we do it. Praise God. All right, go to Romans chapter 5. Just about close up and go home.
Right. In Romans chapter 5, this is very interesting. This is Paul comparing the two seeds, the seed you were born of into the world naturally and the seed that you were born of in the kingdom of God. Romans chapter 5, look at verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the, say free gift, for if through the offense of one, now who's that one? Adam. Many be how many know you were born spiritually dead? You were disconnected from God. Basically, you lived out of your soul rather than out of your spirit. So as one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, who's that? Jesus Christ has abounded unto many. So what's he do? He's separating seeds, any. This is where you were, and this is where you are now. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful? Look at verse 16. And not as by one, who was that one that sinned? Adam, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation from Adam, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. So praise God, when I was born in this world, I had offenses, I was being judged, I was guilty, I was all these things. Once I got born again, then I was set free, and the Bible says I was justified. Say justified. justified. Now justified, if you probably heard it a thousand times, is just as if I never sinned. But we say that, but we don't understand that's the way it is. Because I run into Christians all the time who said, I wish God would use me, but way back before I got born again, I was doing this, and I was a prostitute, and I was this and that. Hey, that's dead and gone, sister. That ain't holding you back from nothing. The only thing holding you back is stupidity, not understanding that that person died at one time, and all those things are gone. They're as far as the east is from the west. They've been thrown into the sea, and the only reason why you got them is because you keep going fishing. See, those things are wiped out. Nothing holding you back from doing what God wants you to do and the purpose and plans that he has for you. As a matter of fact, he's given you anointing to carry it out in your life and the wisdom to do it in every single area of your life. All right, keep rooting. Look at verse 17. For by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Say, death reigned. Death. Oh, that's Adam again, isn't it? We got what Adam got, didn't we? Death reigned. So if death reigned, all the fruits of spiritual death also reigned in your life. In other words, you were a liar. Cheat. Sick. Down and out, yeah. fearful. Yeah. See, all things was there, but notice what it says here. Much more yeah. they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall, shall do what? Rain. Shall do what? Reign in life by Christ Jesus. What does that mean? All right, I was over here. I was an alcoholic. I was depressed. I was fearful. I was a mess. I was doing everything wrong. And one day I got born again. And in that instant, say that instant, not 30 years later, not 20 years after Bible college, right that instance, I moved from one seed to the other seed. I was born again of the seed of the Lord Jesus Christ, and now everything that was ruling me at one time, I was able to rule on the other end this time. In other words, when fear came, no to fear, praise God. When worry tries to come, no, not here. When sickness comes, not in my house, praise God, hallelujah. Why is that? Because I was changed, and it says much more, say much more. All right, look at verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one many shall be made what? Righteous. Say righteous. righteous. Now here's a key. Here's a key. Here was a key to my life. I wrote it down years ago. I think it's a key to every Christian's life and every kingdom person that gets born again. Number one, we got the same results as Adam even though we never sinned in the garden. You have to understand that. That's why you were born in the world the way you were born. We got the same results as Adam, even though we never sinned in the garden. But part two is, we got the same results as Christ, even though we never died on the cross. Oh, my God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Praise God. 
Everybody wants to look at the other end, complain, oh, why didn't God do something? I don't know why I'm such a failure. I don't. We'll go on the other side, praise God. The Bible said he was raised up for your justification or your righteousness. The day he was raised from the dead, he declared you with the probability of receiving him as Lord and Savior and instantly being made righteous. Amen. Say righteous. righteous. Now, how many know righteousness is important? Because right standing with God makes a difference. So what did he do? He wiped everything away. He made you a righteous person so he could put the Spirit of God back on the inside of you and have you do what you were put here to do, usher in the kingdom of heaven into the earth, praise God, as, on, as in heaven, as in on earth. In other words, he wants earth to look just like heaven. But he can't do that himself because he created us and appointed us to do that job. So in order to work through us, how many know he can't work through somebody who's not born again? They don't have a spirit on the inside of them, but you got a Holy Ghost. Say Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Woo. you got a Holy Ghost. Glory to God. So you're no longer after Adam. You're no longer condemned, guilty, dead, a sinner. You're justified, righteous, and you reign in this life. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we might as well start at verse 17, but that's not where we're going to end. Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, look, all things have become And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and he has given to us that same ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now, this is the way God operates. First of all, he had to come in the world. He had to do something for mankind, because how many know mankind, as you guys put it, was a hot mess? So mankind were sinners. Mankind were evil. Mankind were all these things. So he put God in Christ to come back and reconcile the world back to himself. Are you following me? But after he died and went to heaven, his place now is at the right hand of the Father. How many of you know that? He's up there interceding for us. Also, Christ is in us. He can be a couple places at the same time. But when we got born again, notice he changed the whole thing. It's no longer God in Christ reconciling the world. It's Christ in you reconciling the world. So if the world's going to get reconciled, it's going to be through the people who have Christ in them who are going around explaining to them about the kingdom of God and what they can enter into and what they can do. All right, look at verse 20. Now then we are ambassadors of Christ as though it did beseech us as we pray in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. For he has made him, talking about Jesus, to be sin for us. How many know he never sinned? Who knew no sin that we might be made, say made, made the righteousness of God in him. So this shows you what Jesus did. When he went to the cross, he became your sin. Now notice, so you could become not a righteousness but the righteousness. There's a big difference. You're right. Oh, you see, he, didn't, he became sin so you could become righteous. See, everything that happened at the cross was for you and it was reversal. He died so you could live. He went guilty so you could be guilt-free. 
See, everything that he did that time on the cross basically was for you, and it was to turn you into this new species of being that never existed before, full of the power and the anointing of God who would go around changing this world by bringing kingdom morals, kingdom values, kingdom desires, kingdom ideas into this earth realm and tell people, this is what you need. Just be reconciled to God. Well, I was such a big sinner. Well, he's not imputing your trespasses against you anymore. He don't care about your sin anymore. He's trying to get you in the kingdom. He knew you were going to sin. He didn't fall off the throne when you made your first mistake. You see, but, but we want to tell people, you're such a sinner. You need to, you're such a terrible sinner. No, you just need to be reconciled to God because he's waiting on you. Are you following me? It's all there. So we've got to take that message to people and get them born again. But notice, we have been made the righteousness. Say, the righteousness. So if I'm the righteousness, I'm just as righteous as the seed that made me righteous, which was Jesus Christ. That's why it's just as if I never sinned. And I'll tell you, the worst thing in the whole church is guilt, condemnation, and here it comes. Are you ready? Self-righteousness. Whole church is full of self-righteousness. Just buried in self-righteousness. I got born again. I was in self-righteousness for 10 years. It was terrible. Because I was going to have to be good enough for God to look at me righteous. And anything I could do. And every time I did a good thing, I did a boo-boo. And I do another good thing, I do two boo-boos. And my boo-boos were outweighing my good things. And I wasn't getting any more righteous at all. And I prayed and I didn't know what. Maybe if I went to church more, I'd be more righteous. Maybe if I jumped up and down during praise and worship, I'd be more righteous. Maybe if I fell down in the Holy Ghost, I'd be more righteous. Something had to make me more righteous. But then I found out my righteousness was not based on what I did. It was based on what he did. And what he did by the blood was made me the righteousness of God in Christ. So what did that give me? It gave me, number one, a right relationship with God. Nothing between me and God anymore. I can talk to God just like I talk to my wife. I can talk to God just like I talk to Vinny. I can talk to God just like that. Why? There's nothing between me anymore. Well, how can you say that? How can you say that you're righteous and you can do that stuff and you can? Well, the Bible says he was raised for my righteousness. I just believe in the resurrection. Do you? See, the best thing is, is ASM, do you believe in the resurrection? Oh, yes, I do. Well, it says here he was raised for your justification. Well, that's not what that means. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means something. Yeah, it means exactly what it said, praise God. He was raised for your righteousness. Everybody wants to argue with you on this stuff. I'll tell you what, because we're self-performance people. See, we want to do something and get something. Don't try to give it to me free. See, there's a stipulation. You're giving it to me free. Something going on here. God, just about to fleece me, bless God, I'll tell you that right now. And we do it in our marriages. We do it in a church. We do it in our lives, you know. You make your wife mad, what do you got to do? You better bring some flowers. In a box of candy. Why? To atone for my sins. How about I'm sorry, I love you? That, see, that should be enough. But you know she expects it because she's in religion too. Now you're both in religion. She's expecting you better do it. And you're not doing it because you want to do it. You're doing it because you're going to get slapped if you don't. You know that, praise God. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. And then we bring Santa Claus into the situation. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Because Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making your list. I had my own list, and I didn't want to check it once. You see, everything's based on what you do, but with God, it's not based on what you do a lot of times. It has been freely given to you. That's just who you became. That's just who you are, praise God. And many Christians out there are the righteousness of God in Christ, but walking around and proclaiming, declaring that they're sinners their whole life, and they're worthless, and they can't do nothing. And guess what? They are worthless. They can't do nothing, and they're living as sinners, praise God. But you can't change your identity. Are you following me? That's who you are. I can show up next Sunday. I can wear high heels. I can wear a dress. I can put on lipstick. I can curl... 
my three hairs. I can do all this stuff, but it doesn't change the fact that I'm a man, even though on the outside you think, what's the matter with him? He looks like a woman. And it's the same way spiritually. This is your identification. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. I have a right relationship with God. I have rights in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God tells me one of my rights is to live in divine health. One of my rights is to live in perfect peace. One of my rights is to live in perfect joy. One of my life is to never be fearful of anything again. One of my things is to be blessed, praise God, beyond my imaginations, glory to God. Notice when he brought the people out of Egypt, they didn't come out with nothing. They came out with the silver. They came out with the gold. They came out with the abundance. They had so much gold, they made a calf later on to worship because they wanted to get back into self-performance. Are you following me? So God wants you blessed. He wants you financially blessed. He wants you to, and you talk like this in most churches, and they'll stone you. Yeah. See, because you're killing their religious cow. Uh -oh. The self-performance that they want to be involved in so much and so much. What did you do? Well, I cleaned the church on Wednesday. I do bingo on Thursday. I'm probably going to heaven for sure. It doesn't do a thing for you. The Bible says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, how many know they were the most self-righteous people in the world? They wore the right clothes. They did the, this and that and, and celebrated all the feast days and festivals and stuff. He said, you're never going to go anywhere unless your righteousness gets above that. And those people had to think, my God, it's, it's out of reach for me. And how many know it was? Because it was simply by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you believe in that faith, praise God, of who he made you, then you can act like the righteousness of God in yeah. Christ. Hallelujah. Now, the thing is, I don't know if I want to go there yet. I don't know if I want to go there yet. Okay, so self-righteousness is always based on your performance. Always. Kingdom righteousness is always based on his performance, what he did. So religion always looks at them, me, what I did right or wrong. You need to look at what he did for you and provided for you and claim that for you and live and evolve in that. And the only problem is you're going to run into a lot of persecution if you go this way. You may lose some friends. See, because you know what you're doing? You're moving from the desert to the promised land. And some people don't want to go with you. And I've determined I'd rather live alone in the promised land than with a bunch of people in the desert. So they come and they go. They like me, they don't. They write the letters, they don't. They do this, they do that. It doesn't make any difference to me because I'm going to believe the promises of God. There's got to be a reason why he promised me this stuff. Think he just did that because he wanted to write a book? No, he did that because he expected us to read the promises and believe the promises and act on the promises, praise God, as the righteousness of God in Christ. So what you're going to run into, you're going to run into man's righteousness in people's hearts rather than God's righteousness in your heart. Yes. See, you start telling people, when I lay hands on the sick, they recover. When I cast out devils, they go, praise God. I believe that God heals everybody. I believe that I'm financial prosperous all the days of my life. Yeah. And they're going to say, Pride. Pride, it's just terrible. It's oozing out of the inside of him. He's just so proud. How can he say that? See, because they want to do something in order to get it. And that's how they get mad at God. See, self-righteousness produces anger toward God. Why? Because I went to church every Wednesday, every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Sunday, and I still can't pay my bill this week. You owe me. See, you owe me for what I did, and you're not paying up, you thief. Ain't that what goes through your mind when it doesn't work out that way? When you obey God and it doesn't happen the way you want it to happen, all at once, God, you're a thief, you're a bleep, bleep, bleep. No, that's because of that self-righteousness that we do. Listen, we don't tithe necessarily to get 
money back. We tithe because we love God and we're givers and we know that's the way to do it. Do you see? We don't go to church just so we can say, fulfilled my Sunday obligation, kept the Sabbath, praise God, I feel good today. No, we go to church because we want to. Let me put that back. We go to church because we should want to. See, I love church, man. I love church when I wasn't pastor, and I love church when I was going. I'd drive all over the place just to get to church, praise God. Just go on Wednesday nights just to get there. We'd take our little kids. We'd do everything. Why? That's where I belonged. That's who I was. I was a righteousness of God in Christ. I belonged among the people who were there. I belonged to the people. I wasn't thinking, well, I better go today because I missed Wednesday, and God's probably marked me a black mark. But if I go Sunday, that's a big star compared to the little black mark on Wednesdays. We don't do things out of obligation. Are you? God had a people like that in the Old Testament. He didn't want that in the New Testament. He wanted people who loved him, who wanted to grow with him, who wanted to understand his wisdom and knowledge, who wanted to have a right relationship with him. So we got a right relationship with God simply by being made righteous, but we also have a right relationship with the devil by being made righteous. You got a right over everything he's got, praise God. Every time he comes against you with something, you have a legal right to to come against that thing in the name of Jesus. You have a legal right to walk in divine health. You have a legal right to speak and declare and proclaim these things, praise God. Why is that? Because you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Oh, but I sinned yesterday. Confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. See, don't go down. Don't go back down in the desert and waller around in there and wonder what the heck am I supposed to do? How's it ever going to work? It just doesn't work for me. I'm such a sinner. I'm such a loser. All those things are devil lies. And here's what we got to do. We've got to get to a place in our minds and in our hearts where we know the difference between God's thoughts and the devil's thoughts. God's word and the devil's word. God's the way he does things and the tactics of the devil. And you'll start to do that as you spend time in this word of God and find out what he says about you when things come to your mind. Oh, you're not going to do very well today. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is a day the Lord has made. And I will... Rejoice and be glad, see? Praise God. Or come, you wake up in the morning, you feel absolutely terrible, and the devil comes up, oh, it's gone around, you're going to get it today. You've got to know what God, you know that ain't from God. Some people say, is that right, God? Am I going to get it today? How bad's it going to be? How long's it going to last? Oh, I'm feeling the goosebumps. No, you're feeling stupidity. Come on. You simply say what? I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ. Get out of here, praise God. I don't put up with that stuff. That ain't it. Glory to God. So there's a battle coming against you every time. But you're the one, and I'll tell you, how do we know which one I'm claiming? Just, we'll just listen to you talk. Well, I believe God's wonderful, and I'm free. You do. How's your week going? Oh, it's absolutely terrible. Everything's going right. My car breaks down. I ain't got no money. I've been sick half the week, praise God. I've been depressed. My Lord, have mercy. I've been so depressed. And God just won't do anything for me. I just don't know what's the matter with him. I thought he loved me. Somebody told me he loved me. That stupid pastor told me he loved me, but he doesn't love me. Blah, 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 blah. See, what are you doing? You're headed in the wrong direction, man. You're running around the desert like they did for years and years and years. It's time to come out of the desert into the promised land, praise God, of who God has made you and why he has made you that way. Praise God. All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Aw. For 10 years, I tried to get all the sin out of my life so I could become righteous. And after I wore myself out for 10 years, I finally figured out that wasn't the way to do it. But that's the way I was told to do it. That's the way I was being taught to do it. Just get it all out of there, then you can claim you're righteous. Well, dear Lord, 
It's going to take a while when I believe I'm a sinner. How am I going to get sin out when I believe I'm a sinner? Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse 34. It says, Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Once again, look. Awake to what? And what will happen? So if I awake that I'm righteous, I will now sin not. Are you following me? So he means wake up. He says, some of you have got to get this. If you awake to righteousness, you'll sin not. All right. Awake to the joy of the Lord and you'll sorrow not. Awake to divine health and you'll get sick not. Awake to the prosperity and blessings God has given you and you will lack not. But the problem is we haven't awakened to those things. We're still sleeping in most of those things. And you've got to understand all these things have been already provided for you. They're not something you have to go after. They're not something that, that, that you have to do something to get them. He gave them to you freely when he went to the cross and provided them for you. All right, go to First Thessalonians chapter 5. No, that's not right, Pastor Tom. We've got to do some things. My goodness sakes. You've got to do some things. You've got to be in church 400 years in order to become righteous, praise God. And you've got to work real hard. And you've got to clean the toilets for six weeks. And you've got to do all those things. Glory to God. All right, this is an interesting verse. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Look at verse 26. It says, Greet all your brethren with a holy kiss. Is that what it says? Greet all your brethren with a holy kiss. How am I going to greet my brethren with a holy kiss if I'm not holy? Very difficult to do, isn't it? What are you, a sinner? Then don't kiss me. You're supposed to greet them with a holy kiss. Look at verse 27. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all who? All to who? This epistle be read to who? All right, I'm just about to read 1 Thessalonians, and I'm only going to read it to those people that are holy. The rest of you get out of here. <laughs> Not holy, out. You out, you out, you out, because I'm only going to read it to the holy brethren. See, we look at these things, then we want to argue. It's so plain in the Bible, just in the little verses here, of what he's did and what he's made us, but everybody out there who doesn't believe it wants to argue about the whole thing, praise God. Well, you can't even read Thessalonians unless you're holy, and you're only holy because of what he did for you and what he made you, praise God. All right, go to 1 Peter chapter 1. really be tough going through the congregation picking out who you're going to read to, isn't it? <laughs> what did you do this week? Oh, okay, you're out. Maybe Second Thessalonians, we can read to you, but not first. <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right, First Peter chapter 1, look at verse 14. As obedient children, don't fashion yourselves according to your former lusts and your ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy... So be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it's written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Now notice what he didn't say. He did not say, Become holy, because I am holy. He said, Be holy. Well, why should I be holy? Because he is holy. Well, what's that got to do with it? Well, he's the seed I came from. If he's holy, i got to be holy. So if I'm holy, you need to be, just be holy. Just believe you're holy, and you will be holy. Are you following me? So what do we do? We want to be obedient to God. Here's talking about obedience. A lot of times is what should I do here? What should I do there? A lot of your obedience is just obeying who you are. 
Because a lot of things you want to do, you can't do till you believe who you are. See, when you become that, you'll naturally do that. When you're someone who naturally heals the sick, you'll naturally heal the sick. When somebody who walks in peace and joy and believes they're a peace and joy person, they'll live in peace and joy. They'll feel something wrong when they start to lose their peace. They'll feel, they'll feel fear trying to come on them at the same time. But if you believe that's normal for you, you'll accept it and you'll receive it every single time it comes. And you'll ask God to do something about it when it's not God's responsibility for you to renew your mind on the Word of God. Are you following me? So basically what I want to do, I'm holy, praise God. You can't even get away with that in the church. Because he alone is holy. Well, he's the seed, so I'm also holy. Hallelujah. All right, go to 1 John chapter 3. I'm hurrying now. I can slow down a little. The air is working. You're a lot more than you think you are right now. A lot of things you're fighting with are simply because of one word. And I mean... And it's an ugly word, but it's true. It's unbelief. You're either believing the word or you're believing something else. That's where it is. And if anything is not a faith, it's sin, according to the Bible. So if I'm going to believe that I'm unworthy and I'm worthless and I can't do anything, basically I am in unbelief. See? You may get a pat on the back. You may get some sympathy. You may get some pity. They may say, oh, poor, poor is you. But it doesn't help the situation because you're in unbelief. Many people are sick in the church simply because they're in unbelief. Many believe God puts stuff on you to teach you something. Puts God, puts something on you to help you grow up. God allows sickness into your life. He allows the devil in your life. How many know all that's unbelief? And if you believe that stuff, you'll receive that stuff. And you'll get it. Well, I'll tell you what, if God's responsible for putting sickness on me to make me a better Christian, then I don't want to go to the doctor and get it off me because if the way I'm going to learn is to be sick, I'm better off being sick and learning for God. Come on now. We can't even get, we can't even logically think of things anymore. It's ridiculous. Well, if he put that on me and I'm growing, then I don't want to go to the doctor, that's for sure, because that'll break the chance for him to grow me up into something. Ridiculous. No, 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 no. God's not responsible for that stuff. Praise God. We've got to quit thinking that way, because the devil will play with your mind. How many of you know that? The world will play with your mind. He's got plenty of people. He's got plenty of people. We talked about prophesy this morning. There's plenty of people out there like that prophesying too. But what they're prophesying isn't prophecy. See, they're just trying to get into your head, get into your brain with the fear and everything else that's going on in the world. But we don't deal with fear because God has not given us a spirit of fear. Okay, 1 John chapter 3, look at verse 7. Little children, say, that's me. It says, let no man deceive you. Now, there's a reason he put that in there. Because there's a chance you could be deceived, isn't there? Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. Now look at it again. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness becomes righteous. Is that what it says? No. You don't do righteousness to become righteous. You do righteousness because you are righteous. So if you're never going to believe you're righteous, how are you going to live in a righteousness that you don't believe that you're in? Are you following me? But if I believe I'm righteous, I'm going to walk in right standing with God. I'm going to walk in the ways of God. I'm going to be careful to do the things right with God because I'm in right standing. Now, what kind of righteousness do we have? Look what it says. Even as he is righteous. The same righteousness that Jesus Christ has before the Father, you have before the Father. And here's the key. You can't pray out of an old man mentality and do it right. Lord, I'm just so unworthy. I'm just so so sick and down and out, and I'm hurting so bad. I just wish you'd do something in this situation. I, I know you might have put this on me, but that's fine. It really needs to go. It need to... No, we, we want to pray out of a new man mentality. 
Father, you said that by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. This gets out of my body right now, according to your word, and I'm going to agree with you. Get out of here right now in the name of you. you that's the only way you can come boldly to the throne. Yes. You can't come guilty and condemned and come boldly to the throne and pray. No, you do it because you're a new man, mind to yeah. you, gotta, you know who you are. You know what belongs to you. You, yes. you know your rights. You know what happens, praise God. Hallelujah. We'll fight for everything in the natural realm and nothing in the spiritual realm. I mean, you get 62, 64, 65, you sign up for Social Security, your check don't show up for one month, and you are going to contact 45 agencies. <laughs> Come on. Hey, I didn't get my check. Go, go here. I'll go there. I don't care if to wait on the phone for four hours. I didn't get my check. I didn't get my check. But the devil comes along and throws things at you. You're going to go broke. Oh, that's right. No, no. You've got rights in the kingdom of God in your righteousness, and we want to take advantage of those rights that are in there so we can walk in victory in every single area of our life. All right, go to Second Peter chapter 1. Everybody wants to deliver everybody and set everybody free. Start here. Start right here. Right here. Because if not, you're going to end up offended, you're going to end up mad, you're going to end up down and out, you're going to end up something through the whole thing, praise God. Let's grow up in ourselves first. Can we do that? Praise God. In your ministry first, grow up. Learn to handle people. Well, everybody's not nice. Join the club. My God. What do you think? Well, they don't like me. Who cares? God likes me, you know. I'm still going to love them anyway. Come on. Let's grow up a little bit in this stuff. Run away with our tail between our legs every time somebody says something nasty about us. My goodness sakes. It only matters what he thinks about you. How many of you know that? Praise God. Now, if you get corrected and you can see something's wrong, then just change. It's not that tough. Maybe it's positive correction for a change. Glory to God. This may shock some of you, but you don't have it all figured out yet. Sorry to tell you that. Sorry to break that news to you. But no. It's not there, is it? Praise God. Hallelujah. But we're all growing, aren't we? And we're growing by finding out who we are. We're obeying the word of God. We're doing what God tells us. We're growing up in the things of God. We're not walking in unforgiveness. We're not walking in doubt and unbelief. We can detect that stuff. We got our radar up here, our Holy Ghost radar. Go beep, 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 beep. Somebody comes along and says, you're stupid. You go beep, 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 And you don't have to get mad because you know you're not. The only reason why you get mad is because you grabbed that identity. Maybe I am stupid. See? They call me, two people call me stupid this week. Maybe they, I am stupid. No, you don't know your identity. You're not stupid. He never called you stupid. So why would it offend you if somebody comes up and says something about you that you know is not true anyway? It's a difference. It doesn't matter. Are you following me? Praise God. It doesn't work that way. We just walk in the things of God, don't we? We walk in peace and joy. And that's where you keep your peace and joy. See, many people lose it because of other people. All right, Second Peter chapter 1, look at verse 3. According to his divine power has given unto us all things. How many things? All. Have we earned them or has he given them to us? Given. given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. That pretty much covers quite a bit. Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these great and precious promises we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, how do I partake of the promises of God? Do I struggle? Do I fight? Do I do my best with my works? Or do I simply believe the promises? See, remember, there's so many types and shadows, but they walked around the desert for a long time. God had already said, I have given you 
He didn't say, go in and do your best to get the promised land. He said, I have given you the promised land. And they're going around and around trying to get in the promised land, knowing what to do to get in the promised land, trying to get the promised land, round for years and years. And I'll tell you what, even then their shoes didn't. They were in disobedience. They weren't even getting in the problem. They were still, at least their shirts were still on. They had enough food. They did everything else. And that was in disobedience. What do you think it's like when you get in the promised land? You see, they wouldn't go in there. They wouldn't go over there. It's the same way with us. When we're born again, we're basically born again in the desert because our mind hasn't been changed at all. So what do we want to do? We want to renew our mind to the promises of God and the things of God so that we grow into the promised land and start to believe the promises of God. And as we do that, we start manifesting the Christ who's on the inside of us. See, what you manifest comes from within here because that's where it is. We're working out our salvation on a daily, say daily, daily basis. And when you run into something that's anti-you, who you really are, you will notice it then. But if you really believe it, you see, if you really believe you're a sinner, really believe you're addicted, really believe you're this, really believe you're that, when somebody says something or you get off in it, it's not going to affect you that much because that's who you think you are anyway. But as you understand that you're holy and that you're righteous and that you're healed and that you're blessed and that you're prosperous, you know, when something happens in your life that steals some of your finances, it doesn't mean you're going broke. It just means you had a slight setback, but you're still, your needs are met according to his riches and glory, praise God. That's who I am, God's responsibility, we'll take it, we'll go with it. So I'm grabbing onto my nature of who I am and what I can do. Because when you minister to other people, you actually should be ministering something of the Christ in you to someone else. And if you're not manifesting any of the Christ in you, how can you manifest that to other people? See, ministry for years was going down on everybody's level and making them feel better. You know what I mean by that? Oh, it's just terrible. It's gone just terrible, Pastor. It's just, I just don't know what to do. I'm so upset. And I'd say, I know. It's been terrible in the church, too. And I'll tell you, I'm just so upset, too. And we're probably both pretty upset right now, but we're just going to believe the, believe, we're going to believe the Lord, praise God. And we're going to see what happens. And I'll set you up for another half-hour appointment. Next Tuesday, we'll be right here again, and we'll spend some time together. And second service is only $50 to come in and see me. See, you're never going to pull anybody out of a foxhole if you're in the foxhole with them. You've got to be on top and have a rope to throw down and get them out of there. But everybody wants to go down on the level, and people on that level are looking for someone to come down on that level with them. See? And you can't go there. And if you don't go there, you're going to get two responses. They're either going to grab the rope, or they're going to tell you what they think of you. See? Because we're all looking for that in our feelings and milk. And we're looking for a pat on the back. We're looking, please, somebody, please, somebody recognize how terrible everything. Notice that's all self again, isn't it? It's not self-works, but it's self. Always look at me, my, me, my, me, my. What about everybody else out there that needs something for God's sake? Believe it or not, there are some people out there just slightly worse than your situation. See? It's even helped me hook up, you know, with Africa. They've closed down again now. My God, we've got to pray their leaders out of there or something, I guess, praise God. But over there, I mean, he sends me pictures, we talk and stuff. They've got... They got nothing over there. I mean, and we're over here, you know, it rained yesterday and I'm depressed and my God, give me a break. They're sleeping on the ground, they're eating bugs, they're running around and it rained on my hairdo yesterday. If you can depress, get depressed over that, you in trouble, my God. The devil doesn't even have to work on you much. He can send the littlest demon that he's got over to your house and probably depress you for four weeks, come on. Come on, it's bigger than that. You understand? It's a spiritual thing in our life. Walking in love is not easy, buddy. You can do it. 
because the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Hallelujah. And that's your identity this morning. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. the kingdom of God and his righteousness